right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. My name is Scott, coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and I got a powerful episode for you all tonight. Very, very excited about it. Um, but real quick, before we get too far into it, I just want to do a real quick call to action. Um, I know we've got a limited amount of time with our amazing guest, Susie Olson Corgan, who's waiting very patiently in the green room here. Um, so real quick, you guys. So if you want to follow and support the show, it's rebunk.news. Uh, you'll see the pop-up to get on the email list. Make sure you do that. Um, we've got uh, affiliate links at the top that help support the show, which include Richard Grove's Autonomy, which just started season nine. Not too late to get in. Click the link, go through the obstacle course, and that helps support the show. You got TRS, Heavy Metal Detox, Zeolite Spray, and then just any value for value donation options. And then out of all the social media, I just like to shout out the telegram, t.me forward slash rebunk news. That's the best place to stay up to date with the show. And, uh, you know, I'm in there all day chatting with the people. So just come hang out. And, uh, yeah, make sure you're subscribed on all your, uh, audio podcast platforms. Uh, next up, I want to shout out the t-shirt shop rebunk.news forward slash shirts. And look at that, uh, big shout out to Brian and Amanda and the team over at big frog t-shirts. Like I shoot him a little, well, this kind of goes in line with our uh, theme of the show tonight. So, you know, uh, censorship kills folks. You know, if people had the information, we wouldn't be in this situation. If you know, so many lives would have been saved had we just been allowed, you know, or, or had they been able to have access to this information that we're going to talk about tonight. So many lives would be saved. So censorship kills, vaccines kill. I'm not going to ever shut up about it. I know Susie's not ever going to shut up about it. So you all, we're all in the right place here. We're just going to be, we're getting to get into it tonight. But anyway, anyway, guys, so all kinds of awesome designs. Um, another big shout out to Big Frog for their help with the T-Lab fundraiser last week. Like, uh, I'm just very, very grateful for all the work that they do. And that's at rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Finally, we're going to get into this also a little bit tonight. But um, the Rebels for a Cause event, which is taking place here in Nashville, June 3rd and 4th. Rebels for a, a Cause, creative artists uniting for the sovereignty of everyone. Look at all these amazing speakers we got. We got Alex Zek from The Way Forward. We got Jay Dyer. We got his wife, Jamie Hanshaw. Ryan from The Last American Vagabond. Mel Kay is coming in. The great Kevin Jenkins. Uh, if you guys have never heard Kevin Jenkins uh, speak in, at any of these events, you're, you've got to come check him out, man. He's just the most powerful speaker that I've come across. Uh, we got Dr. Ben Marble, Stephen Pasta from Slow News Day. Uh, just added uh, Etienne de la Boise the author of The Government, The Biggest Scam in History, Mike Winner from the Alpha Vedic Podcast, and Susie. Susie's going to be there. Susie, well, let's just bring Susie in. What am I doing here? We're just wasting time here. Susie, what's going on? Oh, 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 oh. Susie, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing so. So good to hear from you and just everything that you're doing. I would just encourage everyone again to join your Telegram channel because there's always such amazing information there. And then to support what you're doing because, yeah, censorship kills and there's so mm -hmm. much censorship on mainstream media and you are mm -hmm. putting out the information information that people really do need to know. So definitely join him, support him and do whatever you can with Rebunked. Awesome. Well, thanks Susie. And you know, I would have to say the same for you. You've been in this fight for a long time and you were in this fight long before COVID, you know, and I know that it hits very close to home and it's very near and dear to your heart. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm just grateful that you're coming out to this event in Nashville. Um, it's, it's going to be a hoot. And then there's another event. Maybe we'll shout that out too. So you got another event here in Nashville coming up before that. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so April 20th through the 30th, we'll be in Nashville, Tennessee. There, we have 60 speakers now. Oh. We have chiropractors, we have DOs, we have NDs, we have PhDs, we have moms like me. We've got people across the spectrum that are coming out and speaking truth very boldly. Definitely not going to be a censored event. And we Good. would love to have people come out. You can find out more information about that at the wellnessrevolutionworldtour.com. And I'll, I'll send you that. Uh, Ooh, that yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll have to add that to the description. The wellness revolution what is it the wellness revolution world, world tour. tour.com okay. a long url yeah <laughs> yeah it is. that's all right that's all right let's see if we can pull it we up have dr here. judy mikevitz there dr richard urso nice. it's 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 really fantastic if you scroll down just a little bit to speakers you'll have the the chance to see the amazing people that are coming together again and again oh and again. see Look at you. Okay. I need to format my, I need to format our website a little more like this because we're starting to get so many speakers that, yeah, look at that. Look at Well, those. I created that website. So if you need help, oh, let me you know. did. Oh my gosh. What do you, I've got okay, many yeah. hats, Scott. Okay. Yeah. No, me too. I have to wear them all. I mean, I don't you know. Do. I'd, I'd do. love to outsource some yeah. of this, but event, we'll, we'll all get there eventually. But look at this. Okay. Great job, first of all. Um, sometimes I get sucked into conversations with my guests where we talk about like, you know, audio tech and stuff for 20 minutes. And the people are like, what are you talking about? Oh, Vera Sharab, yay. Um, yeah. yeah. So this yeah, is going to be great. He's actually going to show one of the, um, the, 
parts of her new documentary that just Ooh. came out. Oh, I didn't know she had a new one. Okay, I'll have to check that yeah, out. She has a five-part documentary that's out. Yeah. You know what I love about these events? Because look at all these healthy people. Look at yeah. this. Look at those yeah. smiling, healthy people, man. It's like you go, you look at like, it's the famous joke of like, you know, all of the health officials. Like we've all seen that meme. Like these are the people telling you about how to stay healthy. It's like they're the yeah. most sickly, disgusting people. Well, you know, sickly people I've ever seen. It's like, come yeah. on. Like you're getting it's like Mayor Lightfoot. Everyone's like, I can't believe she didn't get reelected. First time in 40 years. I'm like, have you seen her? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. They're freaks. They're freaks. Yeah. Like it's like, it's like, um, it just seeps outward. It's like what the rot on the inside finds its way to the surface, you know? And it's like, just, just that alone. If you guys have never been to a medical freedom rally, like come hang out because it's just like, you could just feel the energy. Just a bunch of healthy people, man. Like you go to these other events, like, you know, well, Susie, you're in Seattle. I'm from <laughs> Portland and Eugene, you know, some of the, call the, me out like that, Scott. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just well, I'll, I'm commiserating with you because I understand what it's like to be in places like that. And, uh, you know, they have these events and rallies and it's like, you go to the, I don't know, the, whatever, like the transgender kid marches. And it's like, oh, like it was like the, the, the opposite of health. Right. And you come to our rallies, like everybody's healthy, man. Like, and it's just, I mean, yeah. I, I'm being a little judgmental and I'm being a little whatever, but you know, but we're going to be edgy tonight because we're we're speaking the truth though. Yeah. It's like, it, it, yep. it might feel judgmental. It might feel a little harsh, but it is the truth. So yeah, we have to yeah. Keep doing that's exactly right. You know, I, I wanted to have an attention grabbing title. I wanted something that people would be like, whoa, what's this all about? You know, and I feel safe saying it because all the platforms I'm on, as far as I know, aren't going to take my stream down or censor me for saying this. Um, you know, I, I and, and, and I couldn't think of anybody I'd rather have on to discuss this. Um, so let's let's get into a little bit about your. So you've been on the show before you were in with uh, Courtney and I in her studio uh, yeah. a few months ago. So that was cool to actually meet you in real life. Um, but, uh, you know, this may be just a follow-up discussion, maybe a little overlap of kind of what we talked about last time. Um, but, um, for anybody that's just tuning in for the first time, let's hear a little bit about your story. Um, how you first encountered the wild world of vaccine injury in your life and then how that, uh, kind of propelled you into activism. Okay. Yeah. So I have a 16 year old son that is the center of my life that I love and adore. Um, and I was a very young mother, had my first child at 22, and I did the thing that all good parents do. I took my child into every well visit on the day that the doctor told me to and gave him every single vaccine that they recommended. He had his first reaction to vaccination at about six months old, and we were in the hospital at that point. He had uh, distressed breathing, a body rash, some other things that happened, but his pediatrician told me, like, rest assured, yeah, he had, you know, his reaction was a little bit more severe than I'd expect. Normally, it's just soreness at the injection site, you know, fever, a little redness, kind of that kind of stuff. Um, but he did have to be hospitalized, and she just said, but listen, like, at least he doesn't have pertussis. At least he's not dead. You know, at least he doesn't have X, Y, Z. So still the reaction is is less than bearing your child, bringing him back for his next round of vaccines. So at 23, a year later, or six months later, but when I'm 23, I brought him in for his, uh, his one-year shots and he stopped breathing in the doctor's office. And there was just a very extreme reaction. Um, I'm not going to jump into all those details right now because sure. of the amount of time we have, but um, hospitalized again. And my son went from walking, talking, making eye contact, having friends, just being a, a normal, healthy, happy child to basically being stuck in his bed. He lost his ability to walk, to talk, to crawl, to make eye contact, et cetera. At three years old, he was diagnosed with regressive autism. And I was told to institutionalize him, put him on a bunch of drugs to deal with the issues he was going through. And uh, of course, catch him up on his vaccines because I mm. stopped the reaction. So I thought that vaccines were like vitamins. The more, the better. My grandfather had polio. He was in a convalescent home. He had to learn how to rewalk again. So for me, it was like such a shock that vaccines could cause any kind of harm, but it was, it was right in front of my face. And I think the people that call me an anti-vaxxer really just have not listened to the story because I took him in for all the vaccines. I did all the things that parents are supposed to do. Even after seeing a severe reaction, I still took him back. I was that stupid. I was that bought into the system that I believe the vaccines were so good that I kept taking him back. He almost died and now his life is irreparably harmed because I continue to do that. 
And after that harm happened, not a single one of those doctors offered to help us. Hmm. It was all everything. Now it's autism. You know, this is his life. Basically better luck next time with your next children, which I never ended up having because my son was so severely injured that I didn't have the capacity. And then his father ended up leaving us because it was hmm. just too much. Wow. So that's where I got involved. It was long before COVID. And people really need to understand that COVID is not the first vaccine that's bad, quote unquote, vaccine. No. No, that's exactly it. And, and, you know, I, 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 we probably talked about this last time, but like, this was like, kind of like my awakening was via COVID. You know, I was prior to COVID, I've been looking into, you know, government corruption, nine 11, like all these topics, you know, that, that kind of intersect with, you know, just all these things that we're seeing emerge in the world today. But even after I started my podcast journey and we were trying to get the word out, my podcasting partner at the time, Ed, you know, he had a similar story about, uh, I don't, not, not nearly as severe, but you know, they got involved with the, you know, vaccine risk awareness movement, just because of the fact that they had a child that was injured by one of the shots. And he, he started red pilling me about just childhood vaccines. And I remember telling him straight up, I was like, yeah, but isn't kind of the science settled on that? Like vaccines, like I was still there, you know, I could talk about you know, just on a speculation basis, like hollow earth and like all this, like lizard people, like, sure. Great. Let's talk about that. But vaccines, I was like, I don't know, that's a little out there. And then he's like, okay, you need to check out this and this and this and this and took me down the path. And then I was like, Oh geez. And then it's a tough pill to swallow because it's, you know, once you realize the level of evil that is being perpetrated by it, it's like, it's, it's financial. It's, it's, it's so many different things at once and just the levers that they use to not only keep the narrative going, but also to protect the narrative. It's just like, just, you know, I don't know which direction to start, like the, the, the childhood vaccine schedule, uh, uh, the, the 1986 act and stuff like that. You know, each one of these are just giant pillars to look into. And then it kind of awakens you to the overall uh, danger of it. But I think maybe just to play off of what you said there at the end, it's like, this isn't the first one. The, the COVID shot isn't the first one that was dangerous. Um, what would you like? Let's, let's talk about more like solutionary, like in terms of uh, maybe a new parent out there. That's just, just, you know, or, or about to have, you know, give birth. Like they're, they're considering and they're wondering, you know, like maybe, maybe all this is, uh, it's just a bunch of conspiracy theory. Like what would be your message to that parent or, the, you know, those parents who are on the fence or maybe just uh, not really sure where to look or where to go. What would be your message to them? Yeah. So I, I always say that I am a pro informed consent advocate. Yes. I am not the parent of your child. It's not my decision. I believe all vaccines kill. I believe that all vaccines injure. I believe that no child should get a vaccine, but that's what I believe. So I tell new parents, go look at the vaccine adverse event reporting system, also known as VAERS. Go look and see what the excipient list of all yes. vaccines are. Go look and see what the risk benefit of a vaccine versus your child getting the actual disease and the chance that they actually get it. Go look at the data points. Don't listen just to the inflammatory news telling you that you have to vaccinate your child or, you know, they're going to die. And Or don't listen to people like me that just say, my child almost died, so you need to avoid vaccines. I really want you to go out, do the research yourself. It's so important that you really understand the risk benefit ratio for everything that you're doing with your kids. Just like you'd go investigate the car seat that you're using, the mattress they're sleeping on, the formula, breastfeeding, all those debates, just like you'd research those things, you have to research vaccines. You are injecting these things into your children. And if you don't do it, then you're being a negligent parent. So don't go down that path. Don't be like me. Don't be a regret parent because now there's nothing that I can do to undo what I did. And I can tell you, no matter how much my son shows me that he loves me, there's not a single day that I don't regret or apologize to him for the lack of informed consent that I had and the lack mm. of research that I did because it ruined his life. Yeah. And that's such a good point too, is that like, uh, you know, as a, actually, I'm not a parent, you know, it'd be nice maybe someday, but like, you know, I, but I, all my, so many of my friends have kids and it's like, I just kind of know what it takes to be a parent. You know, you have to research every single tiny little thing, but somehow the, the, the vaccine thing in particular, you just outsource it. Oh yeah. The, the, the experts know it's just what we do. You know, there's like this uh, cognitive dissonance right there when it's actually, when you stop and think about it, like this is something that they're literally injected into your baby's bloodstream, like on the very first few moments of life. Like you'd think that that would be the most alarming thing to look into, but it's 
the th- the one thing that you just kind of brush aside and just no, it's I don't even need to worry about that. It's so spooky. Well, and what's so crazy about it too is like the first vaccine that they get on day one of life is for hepatitis B. Yeah. Like, what infant do you know that's going to be shooting up drugs or yeah. having sex without protection? Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's not going to happen. So it's yeah. absolutely absurd if the mother tests negative to hepatitis B and makes zero sense to give that vaccine. zero sense zero sense yes the very first one they give yep and and just to, to continue on what you were saying earlier uh the the uh the excipient summary which is uh something that again Susie said go check it out now this isn't some crazy kooky conspiracy theory site if you guys look this is cdc.gov this is the cdc website you can actually just t- okay i'm gonna tell on myself i typed it into google but anyway if you type in cdc excipient list it's the very first thing it's a pdf you click on it it pops up all right. And this is their documentation here. Like this is not some fringe site and uh, excipient summary. Excipients are basically things that they add to the vaccine besides whatever, you know, the, the active chemical is, you know, if you have preservatives, adjuvants, stabilizers, the adjuvants are what they say, something to help stimulate a stronger immune response, for example, aluminum salts. But anyway, to what you were just saying, Susie, like the very, one of the very first things they put in, like they try to inject into these babies is Hep B. Well, look at some of these excipients here. Look at Hep B. What do you see here that kind of stands out? Can you see this all right? Is this? I don't know if you can see this on your end, but I can see some of it. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> but we've got is, is my biggest thing. It's like aluminum, yes. aluminum, aluminum. It's aluminum. we know aluminum yes. settles in the brain, and if yeah. you give some of these different excipients that are in here, it opens up the blood brain barrier. We also know that aluminum is a contributing factor to Alzheimer's. Why aren't we considering these things before we're injecting them into our infants? Yeah, exactly. And so, and so these are the three different ones that are listed here there. And then you have the Recombivax. You guys, the first ingredient is freaking formaldehyde. Okay. And then potassium is like aluminum and formaldehyde. Like what in the world is going on here? It this makes sense if you don't think about it too hard, Scott. Yes, yes, exactly. There's two different types. There's amorphous aluminum, there's potassium aluminum, and formaldehyde. That sounds fantastic. I feel like that is the very first thing that my baby needs in his, uh, you know, in his very first few moments of consciousness and his, yeah. or his or hers, you know, first few moments of life. Like, that's so insane. And then you have MRC5. That's a fun one, too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What tell do you know a little bit? Do you have any info about MRC5? Lifers out there should know that these are from aborted fetal cells. And so you're injecting your child with aborted fetal cells from male and female. So we're injecting male and female cells into male and female child children. And then, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist, but with the title today, then I feel like I could say this. Then we wonder about this whole transgender movement. We are injecting the opposite sex DNA into our children on day one of life. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, obviously probably nothing. Then you got the calf bovine serum. That's a fun one as well, right? It's just like, well, it's IPV, you know, I don't know. But so anyway, you know, just to just really just point out, you guys, like this, this information is not like it's hidden or occulted or crazy kooky stuff. Like it's just literally right in your face. Um, So what what I've always been so impressed with you, with is that you so you had this horrible tragic situation happen and it's great to hear you know we, we correspond a lot offline you know you're helping a lot with the event behind the scenes um tell me about your your travels and 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 you know and it usually involves like you know your son is a big part of your life you know and and, and it's just so it's it's awesome to hear like how you still provide him a great life you know despite the challenges and the obstacles and you do big things you do really amazing stuff but but you're you're in the trenches really doing this thing. And I remember like one of the first times you and I were ever on a Zoom call together was on the Union of the Unwanted. And you were literally sitting in the the hallway of like the leg- the, the the state capital of like California or something like that, because you're in the trenches fighting these bills that are coming out. So kind of tell us a little bit about um well, let's talk about that one in particular because that what which what bill was that? Do you remember what that was specifically? It was like su- last summer. Yeah, I can't remember the bill number, but yeah. There's been throughout the whole West Coast, they've been Mm -hmm. trying to pass legislation that makes it so that children can receive vaccines without parental consent, but not just without parental consent, without parental knowledge. So you will get a blank envelope in the mail with a bill and you have to pay it 
and you don't know what's happening with your children. So knowing that there are adverse events that happen after vaccination, mm -hmm. you can go look on the government websites and see that that's there. Your child could go get a vaccine without your knowledge, come home and have a seizure, and you'll have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And after seizures, I don't know how much people you know know about that, but you are not able to really talk or communicate or have like the cognitive abilities that you would normally have. So they are trying to pass legislation throughout this country, but again, especially on the West Coast in DC, they were doing it as well in New York, so that parents do not have knowledge about their children getting vaccination. And you, you can imagine that they're not getting informed consent because our brains do not fully develop until between 25 and 27 years of age. Mm. There's no way that a 12 year old can know their full medical history, can know their own allergies, can know what contraindications they may have to that medication, but they're saying that we need to pass legislation to allow them to go do this on their own. Mm -hmm. It's it's absolutely absurd, but it's negligent, and they should all be held accountable for anything that happens to these children. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, but you guys have you so you guys have had some victories, right? Because I know some of these things got through, but you've been able to push back on some of them too. Can you kind of highlight some of the victories that your guys' work has uh, that you've been able to achieve? Yeah, so in 2019, early 2020, we built, we beat the bills in New Jersey. We had Battle of Trenton, and you can look that up online. Um, and we did stop the removal of the religious exemption for kids to attend school and daycare without uh, vaccines. And that's that's something that we need, again, informed consent. Mm -hmm. So the exemption for people that don't know, if you send your kids to school, they say that so many vaccines are required, but there are exemptions that are available in most states, religious exemption, medical exemption, and a philosophical or personal belief exemption. So in New Jersey, we were fighting for that religious exemption where you say that the getting vaccines, because we were talking about MRC5 or other, mm -hmm. other um, vaccines that had fetal tissue in them, mm -hmm. that that would be against like Catholics and Christians that don't believe in abortion. So there should be an exemption. We should not be forced to inject these lines into our children when it goes against our deeply held religious beliefs. So we're fighting to maintain that exemption here in New Jersey. And we did. We won that battle. It was uh, Senator Lugana was amazing, a Democrat from here in New Jersey. Um, oh and a couple others, but he was really the true champion. I have photos because I was sitting in the Senate building. I was there in November, well, sorry, in May, November, December, and January fighting this bill and meeting with him. I actually met with him with Bobby Kennedy and cool. gave him a couple books to explain to him what was going on. And they had the Senate president going over and pressuring him, all his guys throughout this entire hearing, pressuring him because he was the tipping point vote and he didn't give in. He totally okay. split up and he was the hero of the day there. Okay. Yeah. I forgot you're over in New Jersey or so. I've been thinking this yeah. whole time. You're no. no, I am in Seattle, but I fight. Oh, over you oh, you said here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I know I'm that. I don't, right <laughs> I can't even keep, I can't even keep track of where, where all your travel stuff. Okay. 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 Cool. Cool. Um, so, uh, let's see. So that's another thing too. I was going to say is that just because necessarily there isn't like aborted fetal cell tissue in the shots themselves. A lot of times the development of these vaccines require the use of aborted fetal cells too. So even like if they push back and say, well, no, there's no aborted fetal cells in it, but yes, usually like that's somehow involved in the development of them too. So, you know, uh, it's nice that they leave us these back doors or that you have to like argue from that standpoint when really it should just be a matter of being like, Nope, I'm good. I, yeah. I did my research. I have the information and it's, and it's a no, you know, for anyone though, that's on the fence about the fetal cell stuff, look up the Stanley Plotkin trials. Mm. Stanley Plotkin did about nine hours of, um, on the stand in court talking about this. And he talks about the dozens of children that were killed and yeah. how they chopped up different parts of those children to test these things and testing women that were in mental institutions and babies that were disabled. Like there may not be testable fragments of these things left in vaccines, but there were children killed. There were people tortured to create them. So do yeah. you want to be a part of any of that? Like I, I'm, that's a hard no for me. If I would have known mm. that prior to vaccinating my child, there's no way that a needle would have ever pierced his skin. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know that kind of the go-to, thing that people always, always, always talk about when it comes to, you know, when you get a discussion about, I mean, sometimes people have never stopped to think about the possibility that, that there could be risk associated with childhood vaccines. And so the, the go-to every single time, and from my experience is always like, yeah, but what about measles? What about polio? You know what I mean? Like it just cured, it cured them. Right. Can you speak to that a little bit about how 
that that whole argument is kind of like we've been misled about that as well. You know, it's like one of those line with statistics type things. But can you talk about like maybe either or polio or measles is kind of like, you know, take the wind out of that argument a little bit. Yeah. So I'll give the anecdotal experience about polio. Like I said that my grandfather had polio. He was born in 1929. He had, you know, a severe case of polio where he was put into a convalescent home. He did have to learn how to rewalk and whatnot. But he also was the one that raised me. He was very involved in my life growing up. Uh, I was actually born in the hospital in Seattle, but then brought back to his home. Like he, he was that person in my life. He saw my son. He was in the hospital the day that he was born. And then he saw him uh, at least once a week. And then we moved in to take care of him and my grandmother. So he watched what my son went through. He, he saw the vaccine reactions, the regression, everything else. My grandfather's polio, like I said, eight months in a convalescent home. It was not, it wasn't minor. He could never catch back up in school. He had to drop out of school at eighth grade because it was just too much. His father also died in the interim there and he had to start working to support his family. But he watched what my son went through and he said that he would rather have had polio multiple times over than go through a single day, a single day of what my son does. Polio, the polio vaccine did not save us. I would really, really encourage people to look into what's act, what actually caused that. If you look into the glyphosate stuff and DDT being sprayed on farms and children back then, they went down the street with trucks that they were spraying kids with this gas. Look into the history of it. And we you know, don't have a ton of time, but I would, I would love yeah. for people to do that. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm sure that Scott will, will share my email mm-hmm. and we can have a hold six hour conversation about the history of polio, but it's, it's absolutely yeah. BS. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And just like, you know, if you look at the chart, I mean, there's a few charts out there that show how, you know, it was like, I think it was 1953 when the, the vaccine was introduced, where if you look at the cases as it trended all the way down, you know, post-World War II as, you know, new sanitation and garbage disposal practices were put, it was really a matter of health and sanitation that really helped prevent this from being as prolific as it was and then at the bottom of the of the spike it it basically basically introduced the vaccine so but of course they give the vaccine all the credit and so you know you know the history books are going to try and do that same thing with the covid shots but luckily we're here to not let them get away with that so there you go that's exactly right and i would just say with going to the covid shots you know we have spoken quite a bit about the fact that it didn't start with covid but definitely covid is the thing and so i have a, a few weeks uh delay data here that I'd like to share if you're okay. Oh, with that, please. Scott. Of course. Of course. Yes. Do you okay. So, there, so, yeah. so the vaccine adverse event reporting system um, is the system that our government uses mm-hmm. and they hear on their reports, there have been over one and a half million reports of adverse events um, through March 10th of 2023. Wow. Those include almost 35,000 deaths almost 200,000 hospitalizations, 150,000 urgent care visits, a quarter of a million doctor's office visits, over 10,000 cases of anaphylaxis, mm-hmm. almost 17,000 cases of Bell's palsy, 64,000 people have been permanently disabled, 26,000 people have had myocarditis or pericarditis. There have been almost 19,000 heart attacks, 5,000 miscarriages, 8,600 cases of thrombocytopenia and low platelet count, 36,950 life-threatening reactions, 42,296 severe allergic reactions, over 15,000 cases of shingles. Like people need to understand, yeah, it's getting reported now. COVID's bad, but this isn't the first time. And these numbers should startle the hell out of you guys. You really seriously need to look at it. And again, COVID vaccines were only given EUA, emergency use authorization. We've spoken about this before and so, so many other people. But because of the fact that they did censor, censorship kills, they did censor the fact that we had other treatments available. And if those treatments weren't censored, then the EUA application would never have been accepted by the mm-hmm. FDA. So, yep, we, we, yep. I mean, we have to keep having these conversations, whether it's on a podcast like this or it's a conference in Nashville, the things that we're doing in June, whatever it is. Whether you're talking to the person in the grocery store or you're walking down the street, we have to keep having these conversations and share this information because people are dying because they don't know. Because everything is owned by the pharmaceutical industry. Every study that's done at all these colleges are all being funded by pharmaceutical industry. All of the things on the news, those news agencies are being funded by the pharmaceutical industry. 
Facebook is being funded. All of these things, all of these platforms are being funded by the pharmaceutical industry. You have to stop and do your own due diligence because they are not going to tell you what you need to know. The powers that be want to make money off you. They don't care about you, your children, your parents. They do not care. They want to make money off you. They want to maintain their power, their political prowess, everything else. But they do not care about you or your health. If they did, they would tell you to wash your hands, to eat organic foods, to go outside, to exercise, to ground, to have some kind of spiritual practice or meditation. They would tell you the foundations of health, but they don't and they never have throughout this entire process because they never cared about your health. It was never about your health and it never will be about your health. It will always be about their profits. 100%, 100 and that starts at day one when they stick that freaking needle into those kids and the hepatitis B vaccine. That's where it starts. It starts, hijacks the innate immune system and starts the ball rolling in the direction of a lifetime of dependence on big pharma. You know, um, I know you, I'm going to let you go in about seven minutes. I'm going to leave you time to plug everything you want to plug. But uh, I just wanted to follow up on what you were talking about there. So you guys, so what she was reading off of the vaccine, was that open VAERS? Were you looking at open yes. VAERS? Okay, so yeah. so VAERS is a CDC. It's like wonder.cdc.gov is the main site, but it's cumbersome. So this website, openvaers.com, I'm sure all, many of you know about it, but if not, it's a great aggregate of the data that's on um, the actual CDC VAERS reporting website. And and it's, it's good to note that pre-COVID, way pre-COVID, before there was so much scrutiny and nonsense around this, they actually did a study, Harvard University, like they no slouches, you know, the Harvard, the famous Harvard Pilgrim study that demonstrated that, that there's a severe amount of underreporting, like these injuries, yes, they could be accounted for, but it's being way underreported. And it was determined that less than 1%, less yeah. than 1% of the total number of vaccine injuries that are charted on there are. So you could extrapolate these numbers that she read, like, you know, 35,000 people, you can multiply that times a hundred potentially. I've seen some people, I think it's like Steve Kirsch has done some work and determined that it's more around like 40 times underreported, you know, so not to the extreme, but still like, yes, these are shocking numbers, 35,000 deaths, but, you know, multiply that times 40 times a hundred. And then we're more in the ballpark of what we're looking at here. You know, th there's like genocide happening right under our noses with the COVID shots, but it, but it just, is just a, an extension of what we've been, been seeing for decades, you know? So, so, so that stuff for you guys to go look in for yourself. VAERS is a big one, the open VAERS in particular, you know, it's really important for us to get this information out. And if you go, it does show vaccine injuries all the way back to like 1987, eight, somewhere like once that system came online and you'll see like reports, it's like a few hundred every year. And then all of a sudden 2021, boom, you know, that's a big one. And, uh, you know, you could try to discount it. You could try to throw it in the garbage and say all the things that they say, it's a voluntary system, this and that, you know what I mean? But, but the fact is, is that, you know, theirs is, you know, even though it's not, which intentionally they leave it so that it's not stringent. And so they, they, they purposefully leave it loose so that it can't be taken seriously. Really? If they really, this is the U S government. If they really wanted a strict reporting system to get accurate, measurable, actionable data, they could create something like that but they choose to leave it something that they can throw in the waste bin. I mean, it's pretty obvious what they're doing, but, um, yeah. but, but still it, it's supposed to operate as a signal. It's be like, okay, Hey, wow. Something weird's over here. You know, there's something weird over here. Maybe we should look at this, but just silence. Just, they just pretend, Oh yeah, no, everything's great. Safe and effective. Well, they have to do that though. Cause with the 1986 act, like you were you know, mentioning earlier, the, the 1986 act, it released all of these vaccine manufacturers from liability. So your children can die, they can be permanently injured and disabled, like all of these things can happen and they have zero liability. What other industry in the United States of America has zero liability? Yeah. None, not, there's not, none. According to Joe Biden, the, the gun industry, the firearm industry, but that's... <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, the firearm industry is the only industry that has complete protection from being oh sued. It's gosh. like, okay, Joe. Uh, okay whatever you say man anyway so have to that's fake news <laughs> yeah that's total fake news dude just a complete inversion complete but inversion. we're told that this is fake news and yes. there's actual there's an actual law there's yeah. an actual vaccine court where you're going yep. fighting the government to try to prove that your child's been injured by vaccines like it's so insane what's allowed to be shared on mainstream media that's absolutely not true yet when we share the truth we are censored and shut down like how yeah. backwards is that Okay. Yeah. It's pretty frustrating. It's pretty frustrating. Well, 
Dang it. Uh, Susie, my blood is just starting to boil. I'm just getting into it. What I might do is I might just let you go and keep it, keep it going. I might just keep it going here. So um, why don't you tell all the folks where they can follow and support you? Well, you can uh, come see me at initiativefamilyhealth.org, which Scott has down here. You can send me an email that's Susie, S-U-S-I-E, at initiativefamilyhealth.org. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and I will uh, share that stuff if, Scott, if you don't I have, have that. I have it. I have your Instagram and Twitter in the episode description. Okay, um, awesome. Fa- Facebook. How are you still on Facebook? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been shut down a few times, Yeah, but um, I keep coming back. I keep fighting it. Okay, and, and then, go ahead, go ahead. And I, well, because again, I share the news and the data. I really very rarely give any kind of like, uh, quote unquote, inflammatory content. I'm literally just sharing what's coming out of our regulatory agencies. I've been testifying at the FDA and the CDC, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. I've been in Congress. I've been in all the legislatures in like 25 states. I've been working, you know, on legislation for, for years and years and years. I know this stuff inside out and I'm doing this because I don't want parents to make the decisions that I did out of ignorance. I want people to have the information, education and empowerment to be able to take their health, their family, these choices and make them themselves after having all the relevant information. And it's so hard to find it. I mean, even sharing VAERS reports directly from VAERS, not from open VAERS, from VAERS, from CDC, like it's still getting censored on Facebook. Yep. Yep. That just shows how deep this corruption is. So yep. I just, I'm going to keep fighting and keep sharing. And I know you are as well, so many of us, and I am excited. I'm thrilled to be able to be a part of what you guys are doing in Nashville in June. I just can't wait for it. I think it's going to be an amazing experience. And I would really encourage everyone to be there because it's information that you're not going to hear other places. Yeah. And we're trying to have fun. That's the other part. We're just trying to have fun with that that event. You know, you're going to hear some good stuff, but it's also about fun. And then also you guys can come hang out with us again, April 28th through the 30th here in Nashville again. So I'll be there. Courtney Turner is going to be there. Um, You know, Susie's going to be there. We're we're just going to be out there hanging with the people, hanging with our people. So, all right. All right, Susie. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go here. I'm going to keep the show going, I think, for a little bit. And uh, just thank you so much for stopping by. And we'll just have to do it again soon. And if yeah, not, I'll see you. In, I'll see you in Nashville. Thank you for having me. We could have a part two or twenty two, Scott. Yeah, There's always so good. much to talk about here. All right. Thanks, Susie. Well, good All luck. Right, I'll talk well. to you later. Bye. All right. Bye bye. All right. Now it's just me, solo stream, hanging with the people. You guys, uh, yeah, Susie's a Susie's a, a a rock star, man. Like she's she's in the trenches fighting this thing, and so. You know, look in the description below. You'll see all the links to follow her. Yeah, she's usually she she comes at it from a very pragmatic, like, okay, here's here's the bills, here's what they're trying to do, and you know, here's some actions that we can take to stop it. So, uh, just real quick, let me let me. You guys are just like living it up in the chat. We got Kevin. Hey, Kevin, my boy, Kevin. Thanks for the uh, five dollars at catching live. Great topic. Glad you could be here, Colleen. Um, Colleen's always in the chat. So grateful. For you being here. And I know I saw you were saying something. Colleen says, I declined all first day of life vaccines for her son and on her medical chart. I pulled later. It was written in bold and highlighted. I was irate and hysterical, which was not true. It was simple. It was simple. I'll take it up with our pediatrician at a later date. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's hilarious that they kind of paint. I mean, that they want to paint us as hysterical, crazy, unhinged, off the wall, lunatics for even questioning these things. Like what, what is that? So I don't know, as you can see, like with the, with the title, with the, with the, the big thumbnail, like, I don't care, man. Bring, I, I love it. Like bring, bring it on. I'm going to put it right in their face. I'm going to stick my finger right in their freaking eyeball. And I'm going to be like, Oh, look, Kevin says wife and two kids, zero vaccinations, bro. That's awesome. Crushing so hard, crushing so hard. I can't even believe it. So anyway, uh, yeah. So Colleen got talked to the MMR vaccine for leaving the country on vacation, had to recover. Yeah. No, you know, no mother, the, come on, Colleen. And so, you know, that's a really important thing I think to address because, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And I, you know, I don't have kids, like I said, you know what I mean? But it's like, you can, we, we can't beat ourselves up for the choices that we made in the past. And like, I would even go so far as to say, you know, the people like as hard as, you know, we are on the people that took the COVID shot and stuff, you know, it's just like, you know, we don't know what we don't know. Sometimes people made that choice out of a lack of informed consent and that you can't hold that against them. Like, sure. Are they're the ones there are the militant little vaxxy people that I, I'm like, no, no, no. I don't give a shit what you say. Fuck off all the way. and just leave me alone. But so much of it is just a lack of informed consent. 
a lack of informed consent. And it just comes back down to the idea of big shout out to big frog t-shirts. Censorship kills. Censorship kills. Censorship causes death. People die because they don't have information. You know, we live in a world in an era in an age when by just not having the right information, that could be that could be deadly, you know. And so, you know, I know we're doing all our best to to stay informed, stay up to stay up to date uh, on, on all this information because it could potentially save our lives. And but but you know, we live in a world where the discernment of what information is even true or not is becoming more challenging by the day. It's just crazy. So, uh, I mean, there's so much going on right now in the world, and I don't necessarily know if I want to kind of derail into other current events. Maybe I'll just speak on it real quick because I know probably a lot of people are kind of curious about uh, this because I'm in Nashville. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, well, actually, Kevin, uh, I was driving home and Kevin, who's in the chat right here, uh, messaged me and was like, oh, looks like the new PSYOP just launched. And I was all like kind of laughing like, oh boy, what is it now? Thinking it was like, you know, oh, they're going to say there's like some, or it's like, you know, how they had the, the they're saying that, okay, now they're trying to spin it to where it's like, covid well first they're trying to get on board okay the, maybe it came from the lab maybe it came from the lab no it didn't it didn't come from a lab is the wet market you crazy conspiracy theorists and then they're trying to roll out the now it came from a, a raccoon dog what is it a raccoon dog a raccoon dog now they're trying to blame the whole covid outbreak on a raccoon dog what the fuck is a raccoon dog right so i was thinking it was something along the lines of Let's see. Kevin said, what did he say? He said, new PSYOP just dropped. And I'm like smiling myself like, yeah, we got raccoon dogs, monkeys. Like what is going on now? And then it's like, oh shit. So yeah. So apparently there was an, another school shooting here, Nashville, Tennessee, <clears throat> you know, heartbreaking event. And uh, so, and just like the, I was talking to a few other local friends. Um, I do have a friend that works as a preschool teacher and checked in and made sure she was okay. Seems everything's fine. It was at a different location and, you know, and so, you know, as now just in the last couple hours, more information's coming to light about that. It's a very interesting twist. It's a, it's a female. Um, so that, that was the initial reports were that it was a female and that, uh, Oh, there's a book called the unvaccinated kid. Good book. According to Kevin. So, you know, they're, they're saying how, uh, you know, it's a female shooter. I'm like, dude, Okay, the plot thickens. The plot thickens. And uh, the question being then, of course, was um, the question being then, of course, is like, okay, now is this actually a female or is this a guy pretending to be a female? Like, what's the nature of this? Right. And so there, there were a few different people I was chatting with, like, that was immediately where all of our thoughts went to was like, you know, they have to protect these protected classes at all times. You know, so I was pretty sure that it was like, okay, it's going to be a white person. Otherwise, it probably wouldn't be reported in the news. And then it's probably, nah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, how, I mean, you know how this goes. I'm not even going to really necessarily, I mean, you guys know. You guys know if you're here, you, you, you get what I'm saying. But then it's like, okay, so is it like a trans person? Is it like a trans woman, trans, like guy, guy, girl or something? And then it comes out. And so now it is. A biological female apparently who does identify as a he him so it's like kind of transgender but like the opposite direction that i was thinking initially so it's like okay well that's interesting and so you know this is you know fresh breaking news i don't know a whole lot about it but i figured i would at least comment on it because i'm i am here in nashville you know the thought occurred to me to maybe go down there and see if i could see anything suspicious or just anything and i was just like no, I got this show I got to prep for with Susie. And I just, you know, I'm just going to like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not up to going down to the site of a school shooting right now. I'm just not like in that headspace. So, um, yeah, yeah. So the, just, it's very curious. It's very strange. Um, I did see some things in one of my telegram channels, uh, claiming to have been a post made by this alleged shooter, like, a um, what do you call it? A fortune post saying that they were going to come shoot a school on Monday. It was basically a photo, like a cartoon. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Um, let me see. So this is what I got for Intel. Um, and this right here, I haven't corroborated or substantiated or 
validated that this in fact was in any way associated with the shooter at all but this was basically posted in one of the channels i'm in in association with the shooter so this was so it looks like it's a screenshot of this right here it's a 4chan user id xwdrsrio and this is the post it says guess what will happen on monday anons basically shows one of the pepe frogs shooting up a school so i mean I don't have any way to associate this. Like, I don't know how they found that identifiable tag for anybody or how or that person. But, uh, you know, this is the alleged, the shooter that they've identified. Uh, Nashville graphic designer, Audrey Hale, identifies as he, him right there on their Indeed page. Um, so there you go. Let me see what else. Anything suspicious. So this is just examples of art to be a kid forever and ever. Um, Audrey, the artist on a mission to change the world. Um, this is hello. I'm Audrey Hale. I'm a freelance illustrator and graphic designer who creates logos for businesses. I primarily work with clients that desire brand per anyway, uh, Instagram creative Aiden. I don't think that that I heard that that got taken down. Um, creative. Is it? Creative aid. Ah, fuck, whatever. Anyway, so uh, that's what I got. That's what I know. That's what we're seeing. There's nothing really being in Nashville. I don't really have any more information uh, than really anybody else. I'm just kind of reading and following along the news as other people are. Um, I was just sent that stuff in one of my chats. And so, you know, that's basically what I got. If anybody else has anything, feel free to drop it in the chat. And it's just, uh, you know, it's a tragedy. I'm it breaks me up every time, man. Like it's just so senseless and, and ridiculous and frustrating. And it is kind of alarming to be this close to home. You know, I've been, I, uh, I, well, I lived in Springfield, Oregon, which is the home to the original, original school shooter that not a lot of people remember, right? Everybody kind of associates Columbine as the big one, right? Obviously that was the big one. That was the one that kind of, uh, started everything off. And I think there are some suspicious things about Columbine, but I think Columbine was a, was an organic natural event. And I think it kind of spun forth, you know, the idea that, Hey, wow, this is, if you, you know, they're always looking for mass trauma events to create and push narratives and then just, you know, and so they kind of latched onto the idea. And I feel like a lot of these other ones like Sandy hook and uh, Parkland and the, the, Colorado Joker shooting. A lot of these were kind of plays on that, but um, the original one was in Springfield. If you guys remember Kip Kinkle, anybody remember Kip Kinkle? Um, he basically uh, executed his parents and then took a rifle to school, shot up a bunch of schoolmates. And he was a few years older than me. I remember I was living in, uh, I believe McMinnville, Oregon at the time. Cause I remember that happening. Um, you know, I probably would have been in like middle school and he was like high school. And then in my adult years, I ended up down in the Eugene Springfield area. And, you know, I knew a lot of people who went to Thurston High School, Thurston, which is just technically just right outside of Springfield. So I knew a lot of people who were there when it happened, you know. And uh, so, you know, it's just it's it's shocking and just terrible. But, you know, the frustrating thing about it is that they don't. You know, they don't want to do anything about it. Okay, this whole talk of like restricting guns, restricting access. So it sounds like he came in or he, she, they, whatever the fuck, came into this school here in Nashville through an unlocked door. You know, like there's simple, basic safety measures that could be taken, strict safety measures that could be taken at schools to prevent things like that, right? Keep the doors locked. How about you have armed guards there, okay? How about you have, you know, if, if you, <laughs> you could literally stop sending money to Ukraine for a day and you could put five armed guards making a hundred grand a year at every single school in the country. Maybe not that one, but like, Hey, let's say instead of all the money you sent to Ukraine, let's give a hundred grand a year to five armed guards at every school in the country. That would easily cover it. Right. Problem solved. Problem solved. hundred percent. But obviously they don't want that. They're just sitting there waiting. And it's like, you see on Twitter, you see people coming out of the woodworks with like memes already made about school shootings. They're just sitting there waiting for the next school shooting to happen because it gives them the ability to own the Republicans, right? Or own the right wingers, all these pro gun people. And it's like sickening, man. 
I don't really like playing into all that. I mean, okay, so I do play into the whole left right thing when it comes to like vaccines a little bit because at the beginning of the episode it, it's just I, I like to make fun of them a little bit i'm sorry but uh but when it comes to stuff like this man it's just like let's just i got ideas to prefer, to stop this from ever happening again but they will never implement these ideas because then it would fix the problem it would it would go away it's like uh if we were to all of a sudden wake up tomorrow and like fix racism there was no racism in the world they would the lefties would freak out man like they wouldn't even know how to they, they, it justifies their existence. They need racism. They need school shootings. They need these things in order to perpetuate their their power and control, which is what it's all about. So um, that's what I got on that. So if you guys, you know, I'm sure the story will unfold. And if it gets weirder, the weirder it gets, the more we'll probably cover it and talk about it. And as a Nashvilleian, I will let you know if I have any particularly special insights, boots on the ground here or whatnot. So, um, as we're kind of winding down here, guys, I just really want to, once again, just shout out, please you guys come check out this dang old event in Nashville, man. Uh, let me pull, let me see, where are we at here? Let me close that rebels cause.com. So we, we left off, we left off. So we, I do have some new speakers that we added since we last talked. So we have Susie Olson Corgan. We have John Kleisick, school world order, Mark Gober, Kathy O'Brien, MK ultra survivor, Justin Deschamp. Oh, look at that. Oh, is that is that who I think it is? Is that who I think it is? Is that my boy Matt Baker? Is Matt Baker gonna be in the house? Matt Baker's gonna be in the house. Yeah, slave to liberty. Uh oh, and I'm so excited about this. Shelby and Heather from Unjected are escaping the rock. They're coming down to hang in Nashville. Um, you guys, everybody, come on, put on your cowboy boots, saddle up, and get on down to Nashville. It's gonna be a blast. Uh, we got the great Kenny. And Corey uh, from Liberty Uncensored Newspaper going to be coming doing a presentation. Uh, we've got, of course, Courtney and myself, Frank Cavanaugh, who I have been talking with behind the scenes today. And we have confirmed some very, very big speakers that we're going to be adding to the list here in the next couple of days. Very, very, very excited. Since it's Frank and those of you who know Frank, you may have some idea about who it is we're talking about. Maybe just a little bit or what uh, broadcast organization that they work for. But we're really, uh, I, I need to do some work to double, triple confirm before I can add them to the website. Uh, we got Faithless Town, awesome band out of uh, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. They're coming up to drop some drop some singles on us, drop some awesome tracks on us. Joseph Arthur from Los Angeles, Stop the Shots. Uh, Nashville local, Nettie, inspirational pop artist. So Nettie's fantastic because we met her so, you know, the studio that Courtney and Ryan and I do our, uh, do our little pirate stream show out of. So they, her and her drummer, Cheryl, shout out to Nettie and Cheryl. Um, they, they do, they utilize that studio as well. So we've met them and all got to talk in and, um, and she's, she's very, very talented. She's got this awesome song called fuel. Um, so it's going to be a nice, nice addition, uh, to, to the lineup here. Uh, Tim Thompson, a musician from, I believe Georgia, I believe, but anyway, and then uh, just got in touch with Alex Stranger, who I met him down in Austin. He kind of rolls with like Alex uh, Alex Stein. He, he's kind of on the uh, the culture jamming. What do you call it? Like city council circuit. So uh, yeah, I hung out with him a little bit down in uh, Austin at the Summerfest last year. So um, we got a good lineup, and I'm going to be adding some new folks hopefully tonight. Um, but you guys, rebelsforcause.com is the website. Tickets are on sale. Um, really trying to make this a really, really special event for you guys. So come down, hang out, check it out. And uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm really, really, really excited. I've personally, okay. So I put on events before nothing, this scope, nothing to this degree. Um, you know, we did one that was like basically through the freedom cell, our little freedom cell group. It was like a specific Northwest regional festival that we put on in uh and we're just outside of Portland. Big shout out to Mark Johnson, who uh, let us use his property for that. And was a huge part of, of making it happen. He didn't just use his property. He was out there on his tractor, you know, cl clearing out some land. And it was a very, very, very successful event. We had some amazing speakers and bands and everything. And so, like, this isn't outside of my wheelhouse, but something to this scope. We're bringing, like, flying in speakers from New York and Los Angeles and stuff like that. And, like, trying to get, you know... You know, basically, like how cool. I, 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 don't, I don't even know how to say this. So, 
the more tickets we sell, the cooler the event's going to be basically is what it is. You know what I mean? Like we're really, you know, there's a potential too, to where if we sell out this venue that we're at right now, which we're a long ways from doing, but if we do sell out this, this venue that we're at right now, then we're upgrading to something even better. You know, this is advice that we got from Clay Clark, you know, the guy that does the uh, reawaken America tour. So basically what they do is they go into a town, they book a venue, put down a deposit, sell tickets. And then once they sell out that venue, they'll upgrade to the next level up. And it's like, whatever you just, you lose the deposit on that place, whatever, who cares? No big deal. You know, because you've, you've, you've made up uh, for it and then some, and then, so we're just going to kind of like hippity hop from venue to venue until we have one that's appropriate for the capacity. So come get your tickets, you guys. It's going to be fun. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. The more tickets we sell, the cooler the event's going to be. So that's my, and it's not even like a sales pitch. It's just like, come hang with your people. Two day event, two day event, June 3rd, June 4th. Um, you know, I know that. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, let's just do this. Let's just do this full transparency. So, uh, you're like, well, how much are tickets? Let's do this here. Let me pull this up. So when you go get your tickets now, it takes you to Eventbrite. Um, we have several different, uh, packages available. Um, get tickets starting at 149. So we have a few different, uh, a few different price points here. So the 149 is like for a single day pass basically. So we still are just finalizing the lineup, you know, who's going to be speaking Saturday, who's going to be speaking Sunday, um, and so you could, if you, if there's only, only a few people you want to go check out and you just want to get a single day pass 149. So the full meal deal, full package, everything included. Um, we've got 199, 199, 199, gets you full access to both days. No problems. Right. And so, yeah, that seems like a lot, 200 bucks. And I get that, you know, I'd be looking at this like, Hmm, do I want to spend 200 bucks on this? So what we're trying to do on, on our end is trying to add value to make this more, uh, attractive. So we're adding more people, more like, you know, people that you'd want to come see, you know, more recognizable folks. Um, so the price is what it is, but we're, and this is like us crunchy numbers. to so like three in the morning, the night before tickets went on sale, we're like, fuck, like, can we get away with this, get away with that? And really for what we need to bring in in order to pay for the venue, the sound equipment, security, airfare, hotel for all these people, you know, it's like, really, this is what it's gotta be. You know what I mean? And so now that we've determined what the price point has to be, now it's a matter of adding value to the event to make it so that you're just like, oh, 200 bucks. I can't believe they're only charging 200 bucks for this. This is insane. Can you believe it? They've got so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Like, that's insane. So we did add this tier. Like, this is an, an insane deal. So couples, and I learned this from, shout out to, uh, I don't know, if they're, hopefully they're still listening, uh, um, um, Catherine and Paul good friends, Catherine and Paul, my, my fellow festival travelers, I've, like pretty much every festival I've been to, they're there. They just travel all over the country. Um, and, uh, they, they asked me on the last one, like, do you guys have a couple's rate? Like if we're going to be, you know, if we want to buy tickets together. And so, yes, 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 yes. Catherine and Paul, we did add a couple's pass. So you can get the full two day couples pass for two ninety nine, And then we also have the VIP two ninety nine as well. Um, so VIPs are basically going to be, you're going to get exclusive merchandise. There's going to be a back room for you to hang out with the people. Uh, you're going to have the front row seats, um, drink vouchers and lots of other bonuses. So, you know, early the VIPs, it's worth it, you know, and you know, what's funny is we've actually sold the same amount of VIPs tickets as we had like just regular two day passes. So it's like, at first I was like, Oh my God, this is so expensive. I don't think we can do this, but it's just like, actually people are buying the higher ticket one. So I'm like, okay, well. I guess we just need to get the word out more. And it's like, I'm not discouraged. We're full steam ahead. You guys, this event's going on no matter what. I don't care if I have to rob a bank. I don't care if I have to like kidnap Joe Biden's daughter or something like that. Hold her for ransom. I don't care. Whatever we're doing, we're putting on this event. Okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm just kidding, but you know, I, pfft, no, that's fine. That's fine. Ashley Biden. Uh, I know where you're at. I'm going to come get you. So, Say, come buy your tickets so I don't have to kidnap Ashley Biden. That's what it comes down to, guys, okay? Although, Ashley Biden might be kind of fun to party with, I have to admit. But no, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me take that back. I'm trying to be spiritual. Spiritual man in recovery. We don't need to be preying on vulnerable drug addicts like Ashley Biden. We don't do, I don't do that anymore. I don't play that game anymore. So, uh, long story short, come buy your tickets so I don't have to relapse and kidnap Ashley Biden. Take her to a Motel 6. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. So, 
Um, thank you so much for joining me today. What a fantastic episode. I know it was just kind of like running and gunning, bam, bam, bam. Uh, facts, facts, facts when it came to the vaccine stuff. Uh, I'll have to have Susie back soon, soon, very soon so that we can, um, get more into it. But, uh, there's just so much more to cover. I'm trying to think if there's any other real just major data points that come to mind. I mean, really, it's just go check out the CDC vaccine excipients list. Look into the 1986 vaccine, Childhood Vaccine Safety Act, which grants immunity to all of these fucking corporations that you can just run roughshod over all of us with no discovery. And so that's one of the things, too. So the 1986 act, we didn't really get too far into it. And I'm sure many of you know, but provided immunity to the vaccine manufacturers so that they can just make their product without really having to worry about how safe it is because they know that the government will go ahead and pay whatever damages are incurred by their products, injuring a kid or whatever. Right. Um, the problem with that is that it protects the company from having to have what's called discovery, which in a trial, you know, when you get sued or when, when something happens, when there's litigation of this nature, when there's like a, like, let's say like a, a car makes a, like a car company makes a faulty car, and uh, they get sued and they get dragged into court. Well, there has to be a discovery period where they have to present, they have to fully open their books and demonstrate and just allow everything to be looked at and scoured through and all of their, uh, their business dealings and everything uh, scrutinized, you know, um, which, which is how it should be. But because the vaccine court is, acts as like a barrier to the citizenry having any sort of discovery on the vaccine manufacturers business practices it creates this insulation bubble where we have never actually know okay let's say the mmr vaccine does you know permanently injure your child well we never get to know why or how or, or what what caused that or we don't get any information we don't we, you know we don't get to we don't have access to that because the government protects these companies right and that's really what the 1986 act did you know um there's a lady named barbara Lowe fisher who's kind of famous for having been involved in the writing of the 1986 act. And she was a fierce, fierce uh, anti-vaccine advocate. And she gets some flack because she was involved in the writing of the bill, even though she was like, a, she's like one of the first, probably most famous anti-vaccine activists out there. But, you know, her role was to make it like, she was trying to fight as hard as she could to make it uh, to, to, to pr offer protections to the people as much as possible you know, and that's what they ended up coming up with. And so had it not been for her, it would have been way worse. It would have been way worse. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, shout out to Barbara Lowe Fisher. Um, the excipient list, uh, you know, just uh, the VAR system. There's so much to it. You know, oh, yeah, Colleen just put in the chat. Uh, 1986, the act, the Andrew Wakefield movie, of course, Vaxxed. Um, you know, there's a lot of good resources out there. So uh, just um, do your own research, man. Don't let these bastards get away with it. Protect your children. I'll, I'll, I'll go with what Susie said because I, I agree. You know, do your own research, come to your own conclusions, and uh, just have the informed consent. You know, I guess I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. You know, I'm here to tell you that vaccines do, childhood vaccines, all vaccines, all vaccines kill people. Um, you're rolling the dice, you're playing Russian roulette every single time. Um, you know, so the last. It's funny. The last vaccine I had, ironically, I got talked into the hepatitis B vaccine um, when I was in, you know, well, a lot of you guys know my story about like, you know, having overcome addiction and stuff like that and all this crap, you know, many, many, many years ago. And like I was in jail and they came in like, hey, you want to come get your hepatitis B vaccine, boy? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. I don't know. And so I walked my happy ass down to the clinic and they gave me the hepatitis B vaccine. And I, this would have been like, maybe seven, eight years ago, something like that. I don't know, whatever. So, you know, but yeah, read the white papers. Oh, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's another good call out right there. Read the white papers. And that's another good thing that, that um, like the Vax movie talks about is like, you know, the fact that these things, like the testing process, like you would think that these shots had been tested, rigorously tested compared to each other. Like what happens when you do a hep B and an MMR vaccine together and then an influenza vaccine? What happens when a person gets all those around a short period of time? You think that they'd have rigorous clinical studies determining this for every single age bracket and body type and all kinds of pre-existing conditions. But no, they've never done that. They've never done any of those clinical studies to compare these things with each other. They've never done it still to this day. They don't give a shit, you know? Uh, 
but that's that's uh that's another thing i had here that i wanted to pull up uh with Susie. um but i had did not get around to it so let me just pull it up right here so this is listed in the links in the episode description below but this is also her website just the inserts right so uh let's see what would you like to research let's start with the industry right let's start with the vaccine industry who's liable what are the ingredients reactions are rare, right? How are reactions reported? The control groups are saline, right? Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing is that the control groups that they use are just other vaccines. They don't use saline, saline tests, uh, saline placebos. They use in a random control trial study. They're using other vaccines as the control group. So who's just, that's how they can obfuscate in the data. When they show the data, that's how they're able to obfuscate the damage that's done is because the damage happens in both groups and so it basically negates each other right that's how they fuck with it dude hey what is section 13.1 i don't know what that is let's look at it. what's section 13.1 uh okay so it looks like it's a pdf it's loading 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 um what is section 13.1 vaccine insurance have variations of the below phrase carcinogenesis mutagenesis impairment of fertility Ooh, this looks like a doozy um so anyway uh yeah, so you guys, just the inserts.com. What about polio? Oh, we were just talking about that. It looks like they have a whole page dedicated to the talk about polio. And it looks like these are all PDF, so you can download the whole PDF document. Man, this would be great to print out and like, yeah, dude, like have on hand. Okay, the history of polio, polio clinical information. Oh my God. You know how you guys have been, you know, I've been saying how I've been looking for that one paper uh, that talks about, you know, that actually shows the raw data. I need to, okay, I need to do some more research. I should have asked Susie about that. Damn it. Okay, what are the archived answers? Look at all this stuff. How to go to the source. Safe and effective according to the FDA. Let's discuss pregnancy and COVID-19 vaccines. Silence by Instagram. Now, let's go back to the main page because that was just start with the industry. Now we can start with the products. Let's talk about the individual products. Um, oh, birth control, Ambien, Botox, epidurals, Keppra. Uh, so this is just like, yeah, okay. So we're going all the way acetaminophen, Valium, vitamin K, blood products, vaccines. Oh my God, here we go. You got just a, just an absolute massive database of everything. Device masks. Oh, look at that. They have a whole thing on masks right here, you guys. A whole, oh man. So talk about informed consent. Okay. So this is basically the bottom line of what we're talking about here is we want people to have the informed consent. So this is a fantastic website, just the insearch.com. Spend some time digging around, educate yourself, send this to family, send this to people, you know, and uh, fantastic. Great job, Susie. Awesome job with that. Okay. Um, so yeah, you guys, once again, all the links to follow and support Susie are down in the episode description. Um, I'm at rebunk.news. Please go to rebelsforcause.com and consider making a fun little trip down to Nashville and come hang out with us. Okay. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, you're, I'm, I'm going to be harping on it for the next couple months until it's time until I brainwash you into coming. I'm just going to be using all my MK ultra tricks to just reach across the screen and pull you down here to Nashville. So can't wait to see all you guys there. So uh, fantastic. Much love to all you guys, all you guys in the chat, all my favorite people. we got Ryan, Colleen, Kevin, uh, Bad Andy. What up, dude? Uh, Leonard Truss. Sorry I didn't get to that document, man. I saw you posting it there. Okay, fine. No, screw it. Let's do it. Expose.news. Now, I don't know. The expose says U.S. Department of Defense issued a contract for COVID-19 research in Ukraine three months before COVID was known to exist. The expose, I don't know much about these guys. I've seen them, but uh, so this is the world's first, the world first start. Okay, so what is this saying? Uh, three months before known as COVID is known to exist. So, okay, I'll have to look into this. I don't really know, but uh, uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for posting that. Um, but yeah, all right. All you guys, thank you so much for tuning in once again. This was a fun one. Um, uh, I guess thoughts and prayers, to all the families affected by the shooting today here in Nashville. Um, make sure you educate yourself on the shots before you or your family subject themselves to it. And, uh, until next time, stay free and keep crushing peace.